Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's a, it's a special edition of the Bears Podcast because the Bears have hired a new Ryan and a new Matt. And with me to talk about it is uh, my co-host of the Bear Podcast, actor-comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, Andy. I am just I'm filling up my piggy bank with quarters, dimes, and nickels to save for that that's those Super Bowl tickets in twenty twenty three. I'm sure we're on our way. I don't know what they're gonna cost that. Six grand for the cheapest ticket out your way, right? Something like that. Um so as always you can subscribe to the podcast at Discipio.com. You can sign up for the Pointless Exercise newsletter at pointlessexercise.com. You can go to the Instagram at Instagram.com slash pointless exercise one. And Mike, how can uh, people find out about you? Uh, the website, uh, MikePusateri.com. Twitter, at MikePusateri. Instagram, I am MikePusateri. Okay, so the plan, at least initially here, is we're going to do what we did uh, for the uh, their post-mortem, in which George sat and babbled at us for an hour, and we played the podcast, or we played the press conference and made fun of him as we did it. Um, we're going to at least do that for a little while here with the one from today, since the... Uh, the listeners seem to love that. Good feedback. Good listeners. Yes, feed. now, good feedback. now, the, the other podcast, the previous one, was was funnier than this one. We have to say. So we had more to work with. Yeah. Although I think there's there's things to make fun of in this one. We have we have some things we can mine too. in here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. When the new guy starts spelling things, um, <laughs> I just I know you're a football coach, and just don't don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah so the, the the press conference today was uh, to introduce the new general manager of the Bears, uh, Ryan Poles, and the new head coach of the Chicago Bears, uh, the great Matt Eberflus. And uh, so I, in the newsletter today, I gave some suggestions to George, Ted, uh, Ryan, and Matt. I think they read it. I think they listened to some of it. My suggestion to Ted was, don't go. Yeah, that worked. He, he did go. There. He was there. Oh, but- uh, you could hear, at times, you can hear a small child. That's yes. actually Ted. No, um, Ted. <laughs> that would be Ryan Poles' daughter who had a teddy bear that they gave her, and she wanted to play with that, apparently. Uh, there are a couple of photos of it, and uh, sitting up against the wall, looking at the small child playing with the teddy bear, are George and Ted. Nice. So they were in the. So Ted was in the room, but Ted did not speak. Ted was not asking a question, so that's a step in the right direction. My suggestion to George was... Just be brief. Yeah. Say who the new guys are. Uh, kiss Bill Polian's ass one last time, and go away. And he kind of did it. He came back mm-hmm. later uh, to cause a little bit of problems for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then what I really wanted was uh, for the new guys to, uh, I don't know, talk a little bit about uh, just what the hell they think they're going to do with our favorite football team. Mm-hmm. Um. And before we get into this, one of the one of the things you had had said on this podcast, which I think is absolutely is true, and I think he actually kind of did it in a sneaky way, was um, because the Bears refused to hire a president of football operations, but Sweaty Teddy is the president of whatever. Mm-hmm. He basically said, "I wouldn't take the job until they agreed to make me the the, the other president." They didn't do that for Ryan mm-hmm. Poles, but he's hiring people under him that they never had before he basically has said he's al hating it 
I'm in charge here. I'm the president. I don't give a shit what you call me. I'm just going to act like the president because I'm the president. Yeah, that's a positive step for sure. I still think it was a mistake that he's not the president. Well, and if he turns out to be good at this job, they're going to have to they're going to have to elevate his title. Or they're going to lose it. Yes, of course. Right. I mean, that's what these these dopes don't understand is that other teams didn't elo- didn't start inflating their guys' titles because they wanted to. Right. They did it to keep other teams from poaching them, to make it harder for them to steal them. Well, yes. The Bears haven't, the other, the Bears haven't had anybody worth stealing, so they haven't had to worry about it. And the other thing about this is, too, is is that this is similar, though, to, to when they brought in Ryan Pace in that there's still nobody to mentor Ryan Poles. And like Ryan Pace, he was not a fully formed executive. And it's nice that he has a straight line to George and Ted is out of the way. But does that really make that much of a difference when in the last conference, George told us, A, he doesn't know anything about football. He's just a fan. And B, he said he trusts Ted implicitly. So anytime anytime there's any sort of an issue between George and Ryan, he's just going to go to Ted anyway. And Ryan doesn't have, you know, um, the president of oper- football operations title to kind of combat that. If I was him, I wouldn't even do that. I would just make the decision. I would just act like the president. Right. Oh, sure. Just Absolutely. sign off on it. George seems like such a wuss. Anyway, how much is he going to challenge on? Well, but here's the thing. He, you know, I, I, I think I, a president of football operations takes the three coaching candidates, thanks the committee for their work, and then starts his own search. Now, you want to keep Matt Eberflus or any of these other guys in there, that's fine. But start the search. A GM is kind of like, yeah, we got these three guys here. What do you think? Yeah, I can live with one of them. Sure, I've heard great things about all of them. So I, to me, it's starting off in a very similar way, with and I, you know, even to the down to the fact that they have identical names, Ryan and Matt. Yeah, that was just weird. Yeah. Uh, he does. He gets asked during the press conference about that, and he says, uh, "Potsy, Mark, Mark Potash asked him why he didn't just uh, start his own." Or um, how does he phrase it? He says something like, "Why didn't you have the opportunity to, yeah. to do your own search?" He said, "I did. Like I could have done it. I hired this guy instead." Yeah. He gave a better answer on. He was on AM one thousand afterwards, and basically said that. Um, Eberflus was going to be one of his finalists regardless. And if he had interviewed him and felt like, I don't know that this is the guy I want to hire, he would have brought in more candidates. Felt like it was, and he went ahead and hired him. So, I mean, it was, he hired him, the day he got hired as GM, he's interviewing Jim Caldwell. Yeah, because the Bears stuck him with the guy that (laughs) Polian wanted. Right. That's one of the things I enjoyed about this was apparently he really pissed Bill Polian off. Because he basically said, no, well, thank you, Bill. You did a lot of nice work. I'm sure you got paid for it. Go away. I'm going to pick a guy, and I'm not picking the 67-year-old who is perpetually waiting for a bus. Right. Right. We need somebody a little more dynamic than that. That's a lot to ask him about. I mean, just got this huge promotion, this life-changing promotion. You know you're going to be on cloud nine, excited, talking to your wife, you know you're not going to be, you're just going to be so euphoric. And it's like, Oh, Hey, go interview this guy. He's waiting out there in the hall. He's waiting in Ryan's yep. barber shop. And then, and then he's in your <laughs> office. He's in your office. He's yeah. in it. You're not in it yet. He's already in there. Right. And then tomorrow morning, you got to get here at six 30. Cause you're interviewing the other two guys. Yeah. I mean, that was awfully quick. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, I think I, I, I think you and I, same, we're, we're aligned here with, um, with Hub and Dan Pompey and uh, David Huh. That's like, well, why not Jim Harbaugh? That's the answer <laughs> to all your problems, is Jim Harbaugh. Hire that guy. There's a dynamic leader of men. Yeah. Can't fail, despite the fact that once you hired a general manager, it meant you couldn't hire Jim Harbaugh because Harbaugh wanted to pick his guy. And the only reason he's flirting with the Vikings is because he worked with the guy they hired in San Francisco, so he thinks mm-hmm. he might be able to shove that guy around and do what he wants. At the end of this, Harbaugh's either going to be in Miami or Michigan. He's not going to Minnesota. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have a feeling he's going to be in Michigan. It would be odd that the the owner, you know, (laughs) said, I'm not going to hire Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan and then have him hire him away from from Michigan to coach Miami. But but that's the thing, though. The only way I think Ross would hire him is if – I mean, Jim is – Think about how ridiculous this is. Harbaugh is is acting like he's willing to go to Minnesota to try to get Miami to hire him because the only way the Miami owner would hire him is like, well, fuck, I'm not going to let him. If he's going to leave Michigan, he's not going to Minnesota. He's coming here. Yeah, but that's I mean, the whole be, reason Harbaugh is doing what he's doing. That's why it's so such a silly statement to begin with when he made it. Yeah. Well, yeah. the reason he made it is because he gave, he gave a bunch of money to the athletic department so they could give Jim a raise. Yeah. He literally was trying to do exactly what he said he was doing. Harbaugh's a weirdo. I don't know why. He's strange, yeah. I don't get why people are like, oh, I can't believe it. And then the other, I, I heard uh, Boner Chew was going on and on today about, why not Josh McDaniels? That's the, Josh McDaniels is also a weirdo. Yeah, he is. It's like, you know what? I, you can't, you can act like both those guys would be better than what the Bears had. We don't know that. I mean, McDaniels was was not – the Broncos wanted to – the players wanted to kill him by the time yeah. his regime was over there. Then he fucked over the Colts a couple of years ago, changed his mind at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Him and Mark Davis can get their matching haircuts and hang out in the desert. It'll be fine. <laughs> we don't, we don't, really, don't really need that here. Um, I mean, I thought it made sense for the Bears to hire an offensive – coach mm-hmm. just because you're the most important player is your young quarterback um, but I mean if you look at hey, look at what they did in Buffalo they didn't do that Sean McDermott is a defensive co- is a defensive coach yeah and they seem to have figured it out so yeah, I, of course, I, I just want there just needs to be a plan and the plan can't be you hire some dipshit with a visor who's going to run the Andy Reid offense and it turns out he doesn't understand it well enough to learn it himself much less teach anybody else right which is right. what they did last time and I think in typical bear fashion they they hired a defensive coach because they hired the offensive coach last time and it didn't work right. yeah despite right. so, the fact that the reason it didn't work isn't because Matt Nagy was an offensive coach because he's a dope because he's a bad coach just don't right. hire a dope that that's really the, that's really the bottom line don't hire a dope but, you know, the, the we're talking about the interviews. It, to me, it's a one-question interview if you're interviewing the Bears head coach, which is why why should we believe that you are the guy to develop Justin Fields into becoming an elite NFL quarterback? That's the only thing that matters because if you do that, everything else, everything else falls into place. You don't – we've seen – it's not that hard for a competent football team to build a good defense. We've seen that. We can build a good defense. 
we've had elite defenses even since 85 we, we've had very good defenses we've had we've had good offensive lines we've had good running backs you can do a competent organization can do all those other all those other things one thing that is really hard to do is to develop a hall of fame quarterback which as everyone knows the bears have not done since sid luckman and that's really the only question if you do that if you're the guy that can develop justin fields into into becoming a, an elite nfl quarterback then then you are going to be a super bowl contender every year you just are that's the most important thing are you saying rudy bukic wasn't a hall of fame quarterback <laughs> well mike phipps is my personal Bears yeah, well hall of the greatest greatest the greatest nfl quarterback to come out of purdue yeah, clearly. I think there's case. no doubt about that. Yes. It was, well, he and Gary Danielson have to fight that one out. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it, it, in the, what it looks like to me that Ryan Poles did was he wanted he wanted to hire a head coach who is going to establish whatever the culture is that he wants in a football team. Mm-hmm. And... The guys who played for Eberflus with the Cowboys and with the Colts, and of course the ones who were willing to get interviewed typically are the ones who like the guy. That's why you answer the phone when you get called. Right. Is that, yes, he's a hard ass, but he's a hard ass that people actually like. Like he's going to demand you have to do stuff, and you learn, you know what, the reason we do this is there's a reason to do it. Uh, Lovey was like that. Um, yeah. I think people think Lovey was kind of this, oh, shucks, whatever. But the Bears, especially the defensive players, said Lovey was up their ass all the time. Yeah, right. Um, Matt Nagy was not. John Fox had given up. Mark Trestman was incapable of it. The Bears haven't had any leadership, any true leadership. Nagy wanted to be liked. His most, the most important thing he wanted was he wanted the players to like him. Um, Sure. Although apparently he didn't want Allen Robinson to like him. Um because when Allen wanted to set up a chance to talk to him after the season two years ago, Nagy said, sure, and then refused to set it up. Yeah. Um, so I get the feeling that that's kind of what, and I almost wondered if, if you work for the Chiefs, I think obviously you're in awe of of the kind of offense Andy Reid can design. You mm-hmm. probably also scratch your head at the wild um, – how undisciplined it all can be at may, at the most crucial times ever, which they put on display yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. And it's, it's bit them in the ass before. Um, and it was like, he's like, you know, I'd really like to have, you know, maybe the, maybe the head coach should be somebody who, you know, is a little more disciplined <laughs> than yeah. what we've got. I mean, that's, if you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey and you have Tyreek Hill, um, you can make that stuff work a lot. Bears don't have any of that, which Matt Nagy found out when he was Xeroxing, frantically Xeroxing Andy Reid's playbook and then trying to run it with the Bears. And they're like, yeah, how, yeah. how come this guy isn't open by 12 yards? Well, <laughs> uh, because it's not Travis Kelsey. That's why he's not yeah. open. Sorry to tell you that. All right, well, let's, uh, uh, let's, let's start here. Uh, George uh, kicked things off, and I was worried... I was worried that he was uh, just going to loom over the proceedings the entire time. Thankfully, he did not. But he he's he's now established a new tradition, which is anytime he has a press conference, he has to spend the first few minutes um, telling sports writers that he's sorry that one of their colleagues is dead. That's right. 
That's right. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Again, we begin with our condolences on the passing of one of your colleagues. You all know that Les Grobstein was a Chicago sports main. So John Greenberg is pretty sure that George years. would be a Les Grobstein listener. The Grobber did more than capture <laughs> the greatest was, in sports yeah. history. He the talked Grabber. knowledgeably about our local I was kind of disappointed. I really thought this was players, setting up to, oh, to another lecture. And fans. They could have, yeah. And you know, and, as, and if I wasn't clear enough last time, you high school punks. He was a friend of many, <laughs> many of whom he didn't even know. We offer our sympathies to Kathy and to his son, Scott. All right, get on with it, George. Thank you to Clark Hunt and the Chiefs and to Jim Ursay and the Colts and to all the teams who made candidates available for interviews and to the candidates themselves for demonstrating to us their passion for our great game. That they knew their how passion. to use Zoom. I am indebted to our search yeah. team. Because I didn't. Bill Poley, <laughs> Ted Phillips, Tanisha Wade, and Soup Campbell. Soup. We were a team in the truest sense of the word. Yeah, I bet you were. Each team member bringing his or her perspective and abilities and sacrificing for the good of the group. But mostly Bill. <laughs> Thank you, mostly we do whatever Bill told us. Bill, what do you, Bill, what do we think? Uh, we, we don't like this guy. Uh, I didn't think we did. Bears fans right. a thorough, a diligent, and exhaustive thorough. process. And thorough. And believe we have delivered on that promise. I, no, hold on. I don't believe so. In 14 days. They conducted one in-person interview. One. And Ted, 10 head coaching candidates. Ted, I mean, Ted. There was diversity among the candidates. These 15, 10 commandments. 10 commandments. The members of our team. I don't know. I mean, it was an interview Ryan plus and a Ebert car trip. That's true. Possess the qualities we're looking for and I found out, team. I know we, we know what George Tough. drives. Do you know what George really? drives? It's not a LeBaron. I was sure it was a LeBaron. No, I didn't hear it. Same thing I do, a Honda Accord. Oh, nice. So I drive the same car <laughs> at the conclusion of Ryan's as interview the at chairman Hall, of the Bears. Wow. We went around the room. I don't know if his has 103. I bet it does. I bet it does have 103,000 miles on it. Which is yeah. intelligence, confidence, direct manner, and his plan to bring the Bears. You know, it'd be funny. We should play the comments the that George made was an easy when he hired Ryan, when Ryan Pace was hired. Yeah. It's that's, what the, it's, that's what this is. Our team shared with Ryan <laughs> our easy. feedback. It's the same sheet of paper, positions. just with Pace scratched out. He told me that two things about Matt were especially persuasive for him. Matt's unmistakable passion and the like connection that the two of them quickly passion. established. Oh, collaboration, which we hear that of the absolutely word critical that the general manager and the head coach are aligned on the vision and philosophy for moving the franchise forward. I was told not to and say collaboration, so I won't. In Ryan Poles and Coach Eberflus. This time, I'd like to welcome to the dais general manager, Ryan Poles. Man, watching George struggle with his mask was a... A lot of fun. He got to, we got to see it twice. Yeah. Like, so just how much are you wearing that thing, George? You think by now <laughs> you'd have a handle on how to put it on. All right. Good afternoon. First and nope. foremost, Sorry. I got to thank God for giving it's me morning. Morning. Right away, it's 11.04 in the morning when he said that. 
Of course, he's been up since 3 a.m. because the only way football guys know to show how hard they're working is to never go home. Yes, right. So make sure we videotape it. Which includes George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, Tanisha Wade. Yeah, we just heard this. Yeah, why are we Maybe, guys, maybe we go over your notes with each other. We don't need to keep thanking the same people all the time. Yeah. From the time I met you, I quickly realized you were a special man. You're dedicated, special, passionate, yeah. and hungry. In the short puts. I still can't get over the fact that you met me at baggage claim and gave me a ride. Yeah, neither, but nobody can get over that. You get to know me at a deeper level. <laughs> can't believe you made me fly commercial instead of a private jet. And that told me everything I needed to know about you and this franchise. Drinking water before. That didn't work. If you're... Oops. Do you know? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I didn't get here on my own. No, you got here with George. Got to ride. And that starts with my wife and kids. What airline do you think um, they flew him in? Spirit? Spirit. Had to be. Had to be Spirit, yeah. With a layover. Like, you know, we could fly him direct from Kansas City. (laughs) Well, we could save $29 if he goes through Guadalajara. Well, all right. That seems fine. Reiner, you're connecting out of Duluth. What? what? Well, I, I have an interview with Minnesota. Maybe I could just move that. No, no, no. No, it's not going to work. You have to yeah, fly there, true. and then you're going to fly here. Then you can fly back on them. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. I, I thought it would be funny if he – there are no jokes in this. That's the problem. There should, I mean, liven it up a little. I would have said something like, George, I really appreciate you coming to pick me up. I wish you hadn't been in such a hurry that you made me leave – uh, one of my bags at baggage claim because you didn't want to pay the the $3 for the second hour of parking. <laughs> right. But that's fine. I picked it up on my way home and almost all the stuff was still in it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so could drink a beer like Jim McMahon did. Just... George's explanation for why he did that was, well, I wanted him to know just how much we, uh, just, you know, how, how interested we were. And I wanted him to get a chance to see Hallis Hall. Where were they doing the inter- interviews then? Like in the Swedish pancake house somewhere else? I have a feeling he was going to Hallis Hall. You yeah. could have given him a tour regardless. I think so. Now, the worst part of that is that George did it, and the candidate not only ended up coming, but now is talking about how that was. He's George is going to drive everybody. He's going to pick up all the free agents. <laughs> so pick them up at the airport and then be like, "What is? Uh, who is this dude? Yeah, well, George's gonna have to get a bigger car then. I don't know. You've, you know, record seats five comfortably. So yeah, maybe two offensive linemen in the back. <laughs> Here today. Thank you for having my back and pushing me to always want to achieve something higher. I want to be clear, though. Although I will pour myself into this organization, I will always be there. I'll be present 
A little dry heaving in the middle of the press conference always a good sign. For consistently preaching hard work and respect and an emphasis of perseverance. Leaning on the phrase, you got to go through something to be something. Huh? Is that a thing? If it wasn't for those uh, cornerstone characteristics, I wouldn't be here today. I have a lot of people. There's a lot of people that have been a part of my journey and the reason why I'm here. And I can't name them all. But I'll try. for that, but I got to mention a few. <laughs> Clark Hunt and the entire Chiefs organization. Brett Veach. Oh, it's starting to cry. Mm-hmm. Come on. Andy Reid. <laughs> John Dorsey. Chris Ballard, Scott Pioli, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. That's good. Hey, I said Ted Cruz got a shout out. <laughs> Cancun Ted. Cancun Ted. Wow. How did he? How did that get in there? My favorite senator, Ted Cruz. As well as open the door for future advice. Tony Dungy, Bill Polian, Rod Graves, Kenta Gunter. Wait a minute. What? He think Bill Polian? Wait, was yeah. this a setup? I think it might have been. This was rigged from the very beginning. <laughs> the Bears and Chicago have long been a part of me, starting in 2008 when I was an undrafted free agent here. And it's amazing to see this building and what, and what has been done. Funny stories, I remember being back in Bourbon A's in the dorm, being woken up in the middle of the night with the tornado sirens going off, and the tornado had, reached, had hit the ground uh, not too far away. They shuttled us down hilarious. to the basement. In the middle yeah, of the night, great. and everyone, you know, was groggy. And but there was a moment I picked up my head. In the basement of this dorm was the laundry room, and I saw Bears legends Erla, uh, Brian Urlacher, first class Bears, accommodations, Tina Tillman, Devin Hester, and Olin Cruz, as we waited out the storm. Then fast forward, I'm proud of this. Were they doing laundry? When I rolled out. The I don't understand house, what the story was. I rented a cell and I took my future wife out past the Navy Pier. Where I took a knee and proposed to her. The Navy Pier? It so happened, fireworks went off. The Navy right Pier. Right about that the time. Navy Pier. Was he in a rowboat? Yes, Is that what he said? <laughs> I think he said sailboat. What am I about? And how? And what's my philosophy? Work. We're going to build through the draft. Young, <laughs> well, fast, too bad we don't have any picks. Football players. <laughs> we're going to be selective in free agency, and we're going to connect evaluation with valuation. Ah, Mm. Football guys yeah, love things that approach to fix like our yeah. wordplay. Sound, love wordplay. Yes, big wordplay guys. Self-awareness of who we are. We're gonna you know what the greatest ability is? Open communication and candor. Availability. There you go. Yeah. And we're going to consistently put yeah. players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Yeah. Yeah. Bear down. Bear down. This head coach search started. That goes down in the Bears' annals with uh, Lovey. We're going to beat Green Bay. General manager, mm-hmm. I began looking for specific yeah, he did, that define a successful he did. head coach. At least for a while. Half yeah. his the tenure. results were leadership, poise, emotional intelligence, a emotional developmental intelligence. mindset, discipline, detail, toughness, and energy. I mean, you're really describing any head coach, right, in, in the introductory press conference. Gamers, Super Bowl champions, CEOs. Players I was looking for somebody who is indecisive, easily confused. 
I was yeah. also looking for a passionless. Not doesn't, doesn't quite understand the rules. Yeah. Doesn't want to be here. But you guys fired Matt Nagy, and so I had to go find somebody else. Just in it for the paycheck. I want a guy that's going to phone it in. I want a guy who wants to just barely miss the playoffs so that he can avoid the pressure and get a few extra weeks off. Most importantly, he wanted to do all of that with the Chicago Bears. I want a guy who likes the view. (laughs) He basically laid that all out to say, I wanted a guy who wanted this job. (laughs) Who was willing to take it? And here he is, Matt Eberflus. Hey! There it is. the, 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 The applause is deafening. No applause, huh? Come on. <laughs> Get it working in here, right? Okay, so I want to pause it for a second there. Yeah. That does show the difference between the Bears and every other team in town. So, like, the Cubs would have rolled in a parade of staffers whose only job literally would have been to have applauded when the guys right. got introduced. Exactly. It would it, it always pisses off the writers, the reporters, that they're there, but that's why they're there. Well, and Al Yellen in the back, because he gets invited to that shit, too. Him and his <laughs> creepy girlfriend stand in the back and eat, literally, like, grabbing cold cuts by the handful off the tray back there and clapping. Um, so it probably was a surprise. I think, honestly, the Bears are one of the few teams that would not have had some ringers in there to clap. Yeah. Well, so he's kind of like, what, nobody? Really? Why, why couldn't Ted do that? Ted's there. Why yeah. wasn't he clapping? This would have been a great time to have brought out the Eberfluzies. Yes. The new, the new cheerleading team for the Bears and have them lead it. Right. They're shaking their pom-poms around. I'll bet you Hub and David Hook would have started clapping. Yeah, for sure they would. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice. You can't notice it on this press conference thing so much, but if you see the uh, the uh, the hard-hitting interview that uh, the new coach did with Jeff Joniak, they got some close-ups. I'm going to say that he certainly has changed the complexion of the Bears head coach in a rather ruddy way. Okay. Yes. He's a kind of a rough looking guy. Yeah, is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Cause you can't really tell that in this press conference. No, he, he barely, uh, barely see. So you can barely hear it to start. They finally turned the volume up. Well, the, the, you notice though, the mics were nice and loud for the questioners. Yeah. Like when somebody asked a question, that you'd have to like quickly turn the volume down and then turn it back <laughs> up for the answer. It's like, all right, good job. Kind of like yeah. uh, both halftimes yesterday where you couldn't right. hear anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love, when it happened on the CBS game, you thought, well, at least Fox will figure this out. No. 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 Nobody figured, figured that out. out. Terrific. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so here is uh, – by the way, George drives a Honda Accord, yet Hyundai sponsoring the the uh, the press conference here. So that's yeah. You think he would have? They would have at least provided a car for the chairman. Well, why? Yeah, or why doesn't he drive a Hyundai? Okay. I don't think he. I don't think George knows how anything works. Okay. <laughs> uh, so here is the uh, the the future legendary coach of the Bears, Matt Eberflus. Okay, this is a special moment, I mean, for obviously for Ryan and I and our families. And uh, first of all, I'd like to recognize uh, God uh, for his wisdom. He was there? Uh, and <laughs> hey, God. Holy in man. This moment in the process. God. Really uh, everybody turn around. He's in the, in the back there. Uh, I, I That's him with the flowing robe. and uh, the... Thank you to George. 
I appreciate you, George. Magnificent. Family. I, appreciate, I appreciate you, George. You're awesome, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> You're awesome. Man. Sounds like Chris you know, Farley. That was, me. that was awesome. Remember that time you hired me as head coach? That was awesome. The first team was great. You know, I went through, I've been through several interviews, you know, over the last <laughs> I've been, years. I've interviewed everywhere. Honestly, <laughs> nobody would hire me. And then you guys did. So this is cool. Yeah, I've been, I've been through so several luggage claim areas. Honestly, I needed a job. I don't know if you saw the last game. Uh, we, all we had to do was win to get in the playoffs, and uh, we lost to the Jaguars. And I was probably going to get killed. So I'm really excited to, to land here and get a race. I had a, I had a lot of time because my team was not in the playoffs. <laughs> so which I see is a great thing. I hope the, uh, my parents, that was awesome. Uh, during my formative years, you know, my, my, my father was an electrician, blue-collar guy. Yeah, this didn't go anywhere. I was expecting was some kind of, like, mom that nice electrical story. anecdote coming ethic, up. Yeah. Dad was an electrician. Um, on to something else. Love. Uh, so I really carried that on to my Actually, if any of you need, uh, maybe you have a light you need to swap out a ceiling fan. Give me a call. I'll send Dad over. He is all looking for work. 1-800-Eberflues. I do want to thank the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Jim Urshay. Why are we thinking the Colts Blake, again and uh, again and again? I want to, uh, I want to thank Ray. Jim Urshay and uh, excited to work with George, who will be far and, less drunk than Jim. <laughs> George, are you addicted to pain pills? No? All right. We're already we're cooking with effort, gas already. It's a good job. examples uh, for what makes a master coach. Master when I was coming up, I was fortunate to get a job at 22 years old at the University of Toledo. Okay. Uh, for a guy named Gary Pinkle, and he's been Pinky. special uh, all the way through my career. <laughs> Good old Pinky. Um, Why do we call him Pinky? College Football Hall of Fame this year, and what an outstanding example that he had for me at a young age. And I was with him, I think, 17 or 18 years. So I don't know. I, unbelievable. I, I, and I couldn't possibly have figured that out before the press conference. I was there 10, 12, 17 years. I don't know. It was a long time. Time is relative. Thankful to him. Um, I got a chance to play for a guy uh, my junior year that showed me how to come into a, uh, an organization. Oh, yeah, watch this name that gets dropped. the culture and change the mindset of that. And I was, I was living it because I was a player. Um, and I've, I stayed in touch with him, and, and that's Nick Saban. Um, oh. Maybe you've heard of him? Wink, wink. Nick Saban. Pat Gachardo. I played for him. Over in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> Unbelievable passion for the game. I appreciate that. He ditched us for Michigan State after about uh, a week and a half, but really still. Have, have a statement really to uh, the Chicago Bears players and fans. Okay, we don't get your hopes up. Play at a high tempo. <laughs> a high Be effort, patient. End of statement. Style, built upon speed, quickness, and explosive athletic Oops. ability. Speed and quickness we will carry and explosive. With an attitude of energy, passion, and intensity. We will play with maximum. Those are all synonyms. On every play. And okay. my next piece of advice for the players, for sure, is get your track shoes on because we're running. Um, and then people okay. always ask me, well, hey, Jason Peters just retired. Football team to play hard, <laughs> to play fast, to play physical. Enjoy your run, exactly coach. What they're supposed to do. How do you do that? You know, that's always a question that I get asked, and it's a it's a foundational piece. Oh, here we go. So, what we want to do is build the foundation. Okay, in this first year, we want to build this foundation of what we're going to look like. All right. Now, okay, of- shouldn't he have – okay, he brought up – Dad's an electrician. Yeah. Shouldn't this uh, convoluted explanation have 
had something to do with like how you how you wire something or yeah. just build off of that instead of the rote you gotta you gotta build the basement before you can build the first floor or whatever because actually you don't need to you don't need a basement unless you you know right there, there right, are right. houses that don't have basements um yeah. yeah I was a little confused by uh by all this but this is this is every football coach. I've ever had or worked with yeah. or listened to or yeah, any, any of them in any locker they room. They think this change. shit is so profound <laughs> and they go to a coaching clinic and they hear it and they're like, Oh my God, this is great. Yeah. And you go into any locker room, especially they get less as they get higher up. But if you're in a high school locker room or a college locker room, there are these inane sayings printed up and plastered all over the place. Like, this is just dripping with significance, and it yeah. never is. Right. Uh, but when he gets to the thing where he's, um, it's coming right up, right? When he does the, he explains the acronym HITS. Oh, yeah. No oh, boy. Now, anybody who's who's an, an University of Illinois football fan immediately got into the fetal position because there's the <laughs> famous the famous Tim Beckman thing from Big Ten Media Day, I think his second year on the job where he walked through what OSCE, O-S-K-E-E, means. And he got completely lost in the middle of it. Right. And uh, the first E is... Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not right. The first... Uh, and I'll give Matt credit. He actually he got through this. It didn't make any sense. And I don't think he really knows what an acronym is because mm. certain letters have, like, six words after them instead of just one. <laughs> right. But he, uh, I guarantee you, he's, th- he's already got the t-shirts printed and they're in everybody's locker. When they show up for mini camp, they're going to get their hits, hits shirts. Yeah. And their track shoes. Cause they're going to, we're going to be running their hit shoes and their track shoes. Does, right. Does he think he got hired to be the cross country coach? I'm a little concerned. <laughs> Is he like Bob Einstein when Albert Brooks goes to, in Modern Romance, goes to the sporting goods <laughs> store? <laughs> buying, buying track supplies. Why do I need two? What if what if one's in the wash? Well, maybe I won't, maybe I won't run that thing. I'm sorry. I thought you were serious. <laughs> uh. What Chicago fans, alumni, okay, can be proud of. Wait a minute, are we, the foundation are we alumni fans? Hustle. Effort, <laughs> effort-based team. Effort-based. Okay, that's the number one piece. Hustle, effort, H-E. Ways Is that right? We're at H-E? Because yeah. I think we're still at H. Every single rep, every single practice, every single game. It's going to be an effort-based team. So okay. that's e. the H part. Okay. No, Why that's E. Effort, <laughs> effort is E. It's not H. The I is the I. Yeah. We will play with maximum intensity. That's okay, focus. maximum intensity is an M. That's M I. But also physical. So we're at E M. All right. E M and and he said physical. So physical intensity. So E M P I. Defense kicking. Kicking. Okay, where's the K? We got We have ways to measure and be very detailed with those. Okay. The next T is. We got a ruler. We're gonna measure things. Taking the ball away. He said the next T. Next T. The next T. So E M T T. Is this where we are? I'm lost. George, I'd like to buy a vowel. Okay, is being smart 
situation. Last one is this for, so smart for being a smart guy like you. You look like a smart guy down front. Who are you? I'm Jesse Rogers. Why the fuck are you here? Is it because baseball's locked out? Okay, being great in the red zone, third down, two minute. Okay, backed up and being smart situational. Backed up. I'm backed up right now. Taking care of the football. Take your Metamucil. Those Our guys are going to take Metamucil. They're going to like it. And I'm excited about getting <laughs> to work with the coaches. They're going to get their so shoes. Once we get our coaching staff in here and developing that. So I think that went well. I think that's explaining, yeah, I explaining hits was really well done. <laughs> that's all I have. Oh, that's all I got. All right. Who, all right. You. All right, you bastards. Start asking questions. First one, if I had been there, would have been. Okay. Could you walk – I, I, I missed a couple. Could you walk us through hits again? <laughs> what does the H stand for again, Coach? H, that was effort, right? Is that is the is the H silent in effort? Is that what you were getting at? I'm a little confused. All right, question time. Here we go. Adam Hoagie or Hoag got to ask the first question, I think. Oh. Matt, this is for you. Adam Hoag from yep. NBC wow. Sports Chicago. You're Congratulations. right. Congratulations. Um, you obviously have the defensive background. What, what is your offensive, you think your offensive What do you believe in, <laughs> and how do you think Are you going to run it off? What's here specifically? Who's going to punt? Here? Yeah, so right. the philosophy of the team is, is really what I stated there in terms of the foundation. Yeah, I, I just spelled under- it out for you, Adam. <laughs> we didn't understand that, Coach. <laughs> you want to go back through hits again? <laughs> Effort. <laughs> Metamucil. <laughs> all that stuff. Obviously, taking care of the ball is the most important thing. That doesn't sound like a real modern offense. We're going to take care of the ball. Take care of the ball. Okay, great. We're going to run the ball on running downs. We're going to run the ball on passing downs. And we're, then we're going to – and then we're just going to steal the ball on defense and score. You guys went to two Super Bowls doing that. I don't know why you think we need to change it. As Fielding Yo said, we're going to hang on to the football. Great. Trying to get the scrum put back into football. Uh, George is going to try to get on the rules committee. Good morning, guys. Uh, Ryan, you've come from a, an organization that's had a successful run throughout most of your time there. This organization has <laughs> Why not would been you able come to, to sustain success for a long <laughs> period of time. Out of the gates, what are some of the organizational flaws and weaknesses here that you want to strengthen as fast Oof, as possible? Where should I begin? <laughs> all organizations. And one of the biggest things I've learned was getting everyone on the same page. Um, They're the not even on the same book around here. The personnel <laughs> are speaking the same language. The personnel staff are, is acquiring the players that fit our system then we're, we're going to be off to a good start. And I, I've been in this situation. It hasn't always been all great in championships. There's uh, been a to suck with process the to get to yeah. where that team is right now. Okay, so this, be, this becomes a theme. He didn't answer yeah. that question at all. No. And then they're going to get asked several times to talk about who are the players on the team that you're going to build around. Right. They only mentioned two current players by name in the entire press conference. That's Justin just Fields and Roquan Smith. Yeah, they don't mention anybody else. Eberflus talks about he talks more about Brian Urlacher, Charles Tillman, Julius Peppers, and Lance Briggs than he does about anybody who's on the current roster. <sighs> and I think the reason for that is basically don't get too attached to anybody but the two guys we mentioned <laughs> because <laughs> we got left without it. We got five fucking draft picks. Yeah, and we got to turn some of these guys into more of them. Right. So. I think that could be. I kind of liked how they, oh, I was really surprised that the media didn't 
They didn't push back or at least just offer up guys. I, I would have just started doing that. What do you think of Jalen Johnson? Yeah, right, right, right. What do you think of? Because they clearly weren't, they weren't going to volunteer that information. Yeah, how are you going to use Khalil Mack? What are you yeah. going to do with? Uh, yeah, are you going to lose? Are you going to use Khalil Mack? You know, are you going to trade him? One of the things they didn't get asked was that, at, out of some somewhat out of necessity, the Colts are not built like they have a really good defense under they had one under Eberflus. They're, they don't have they didn't play with like dominant rush ends. They didn't get a lot of sacks. Mm-hmm. And I guess a good question for him would have been: Do you wish you'd have had him with the Colts, or do you not care if you have him here? Right. I mean, our big our big play Bob and Khalil on the way out to create cap room and more bodies for other people. Yeah. Well, let me tell question. you, the first H. Is for effort. Like no, no. You, ah. <laughs> uh, should have answered, he should have answered every question with the with these explanation of H ideas. Yeah, he should have just brought it back. Well, that that's a good that that's a T, right? That question's a T. <laughs> so that's we'll talk about a T. <laughs> you guys are getting it. And then he reaches over. Right. He pulls down the Hyundai backdrop. There's a whiteboard, and he just starts like <laughs> drawing stuff on the thing. All right, well, how many T's we got? What, We're playing <laughs> hangman over there. You, you, Adam Hogue. How many T's? <laughs> I, well, how many T's do you see here? Well, I, I don't know, Coach. What are you talking? Club. About? Do you want to buy a vowel? <laughs> uh. Hello, Barkish guys from Pro Football Weekly Hub. and Strat Media. Yeah. Congratulations, um, Ryan. Thanks, for you, Hub, I guess. Two years ago, Hub's like, working. congratulations on having a job. I don't at the moment. <laughs> are you hiring? <laughs> no, sorry, Hub. I'm in football. Now they're in the Super Bowl. Do you see this as a rebuilding situation or just a reloading situation? Do you think you can be competitive immediately? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely do I think we can be competitive. And the beautiful, beautiful thing about football is what we just saw with the Bengals. Um, yeah, he's like, it's a great thing. You don't even need an offensive line. Why would we spend a penny on They don't have one. They're going to the Super Bowl. They can't block anybody. So we're going to attack it, and our goal is always going to be in contention and win games. Our goal is to win games. Ian Miller from ABC7 here in Chicago. Brian, my question for you is, what is your familiarity with Justin? What are your evaluations Justin who? of Justin Fields? <laughs> yeah, now. What do you feel that's... he needs to take that next step and be that quarterback that the Bears need? Nick Foles yeah, is I'm our quarterback. I've been Justin a lot. Um, I'm close with Ryan Day as well, the head coach of Ohio State. Maybe we should and hire him. Like any player, support and, and development. Um, getting back to the details, doing the fundamentals, and taking the approach to get – you know, reach that ceiling, and that's hard work. That's detail, and you know, I'm excited to see him go. Yeah, that that didn't say enough. anything. That's hey, enough. Jason Leisure with the Sun Times. Uh, as a longtime defensive coach, what are your thoughts about being accountable and in charge of the offense going forward? Yeah, I'm excited about that. Working with Luke. <laughs> it's awesome. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Um, to the principles of our I, football I'm team. used to having us try to steal so the ball. They just give it to you on offense. <laughs> I don't know if you The referee just <laughs> actually hands you the ball. <laughs> and then there you, you get the Whoa, look at this. So that's going to be a work in progress all the way through. It's been a work in progress. Got at least finish. Would you like to name some? No. Yeah. I would not. Hey, it's Mark Rohde from The Score. Welcome both. Matt, my question is for you. Um Justin Fields, do you look at him as a tailback, a franchise quarterback, a guy that can be great and lead and win because of? 
Yeah, so right now we're looking at everybody uh, through the same lens. Me That's not really a good... In other words, no. Not really. That's not really a ringing endorsement <laughs> that I was looking for here. I'm a big process guy, so I want to be able oh, to boy. help the player. So when you we all want to... All coaches want to help, help the player. It's, it's got to be like this. Okay, so one of the ways we help... It's got to be like what? He's doing the... Player eight, oh. player What's the little nursery rhyme playing? about the church and the steeple and you flip it up? Oh, He's doing yeah. that hand thing. And then there's the people, people or something. Show them the tape. We're gonna we're gonna introduce film. We're gonna watch film. Hey, did you guys know the Bears don't even own a, a projector? <laughs> Bears still got a super eight back there from the forties. They have artist renderings of plays. That's what yeah. they watch on Mondays. I'm not, I'm not getting any confidence that this is the guy to de develop. We're going to modernize everything here. <laughs> One thing we talked about, too, is anytime you evaluate right, so here, let me uh, Let me give place, you a coherent answer. The big yeah. thing is finding out what they do well. And whatever they do well, maximizing that. And then find yeah. their weakness and do what Coach just said in terms of attacking the weakness. I mean, Justin seems what to fumble hey. areas. He's, he's proficient at it. We, we're going to build our whole offense around him fumbling. And then around the fumble. The holes and get better as we go. Uh, there are no holes. You saw our offensive line. Know, they don't Ali, make holes. The Bigs Media. Congratulations to you both. Ryan, at what point in your process did you realize that you and the Bears were in lockstep about Coach Ibraflus? And was there ever any point where you – had a candidate in mind that you wanted to bring in after the three finalists were kind of predetermined? That's a good question. So it is. we went through the process, you know, it was a Zoom first, so I was able to give uh, a list of candidates that I really liked. And, and that doesn't matter none of them. that that was and on Zoom that you gave a list. When I got here on per no. in person, we brought him in, and the moment he walked in the room, I knew he I was heard a guy. And birds he chirping, plant. the sky <laughs> opened. The big thing to know is, is I, I reach out to a lot of people to make sure I'm lined up the right way. I, I reach out to people that have done it and been successful at it. It's a hallmark and movie. Every single person said, when you know, you know. When you know you got one, you got one. And I'm a guy that when I have conviction about it, it's time to go. So that's kind of how everything. Maybe could we have talked to more than the three, though? Maybe we found a better one. Score. So I know you've been a defensive coordinator. So saying an effort-based approach makes yeah, sense. Yeah, everybody says that. Because it's all about effort. Sure. But <laughs> offensively, how does that apply? Because there's so much more that goes into it, the approach, balance, than just effort. Yeah, it's sure. a great. That's you a know, great question. A lot of times when you talk about offense, <laughs> you talk as about you know, plays, defenders you need know, effort. Offensive players that, don't need to give any effort. Wrong. That play right. was wrong. To me, it's about concepts. You know, so we're going to instill the. You know, we're not going to run plays. Concepts. We're going to run concepts. Right, concepts. concepts. We got to do a great job of, of building a base of our foundation. So Boy, a lot, a lot the of offensive linemen are they're going to line up real tight, and then the <laughs> running backs are going to get on their shoulders, and then the wide receivers will get on their shoulders, and then yeah. and then Justin will be at the top of the pyramid. We'll just run that fucking thing right up the middle of the field, and if he gets tackled, he's going to fall forward like thirty yards. Full. That's the concept. Now, call it the flying Melinda offense. We'll see. Let me let me take it back to hits. That's the H, right? The H, H hits for concept. H concept with me. Coach, I don't. No, no, shut up. The H is for concepts. The I is for concepts, not plays. The T is here's a good. It's for touchdowns. Even has a T in it. Touchdown concepts. And then the S is for. Uh, and making sure I don't know. That we're we'll figure it out as we go. How we do measure that. And it takes time. I, I'm it hearing a lot of foundation, building blocks. I'm getting nothing. Of how we want to operate. 
And so what you'll see on tape, like, you'll see from the global view of it. You'll it's see like back to school, Rodney Dade. Your answer feels like a C. Just throw some multicolored grass. Just keep talking, man. Just keep saying stuff, and we'll think it's a good answer. Uh, Ryan, do you care to add to that? NBC Sports Chicago. First of all, congratulations. Uh, stop it. He's um, been, they've been congratulated. Just ask From teams around the league for their vacancy. Why don't the reporters congratulate like Jim Mercer? I want to just you want to come to Chicago. <laughs> congratulate Bill Polian and Jim Mercer. This place, you know, there, there was a standard, you know, <laughs> a low one championship caliber team. And well, there was, that, like I said, my relationship with George in terms of I got a feel for what the, this place is all yeah, about. My relationship with Jordan and goes all the way back to last. That got me uh, excited. Well, and I feel like it goes to the baggage claim B. The right players in. When I saw the, the thing spinning around with the bags on it, I thought, George, this is my hey, guy. Uh, Matt, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Uh, I'm wondering when Luke Getze first kind of got on your radar and, and what were some of the qualities that led you to bring him in as your offensive coordinator well he was available because yeah, so, the Packers know, lost during the course of your time in the NFL you know you, you know 13 14 years now, I saw the way that that offense engineered one touchdown against the Niners in the playoffs and I said that's 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 what we need and I said I want the number one guy but he we can't get him so we got the number two guy number two guy because I said here's Luke here's what I want I want an offense that doesn't work when it gets cold and doesn't work against a really good defense can you run, can you run that and he said I I got just the plan. And 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 that that goes back to hits, right? That's the T. Two. I mean, hits is two. See how it all all comes together here now, guys. That's all works all, all synergistic. You know, we're building the foundation. A lot of building blocks. Team. 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 There's a T and team. He's been on my radar for a while. You know, obviously we go through the process of looking at everybody and talking to, interviewing. You know. A lot of guys. Three, four guys. I, tell, I interviewed so many guys. I interviewed Luke and um, – well, he was the only one. Hey, Ryan, but, Mike Furman from Chicago. Congrats on the jobs for both of you. Uh, I'm hoping you can both weigh in on this. For both of you, it's the first time in this big chair. What do you think That's the biggest like challenges size. will be because of that? Uh, they looked at each other. Uh, getting up and, and running in terms of putting our – Plan, you know, it's really putting our time, pants on. Right? One later, yeah, fridges coming up. Let me let me use my own acronym. On. It's pants. <laughs> There's a lot of things that the P have already been the P is for personnel. Place, so I think the A is for and getting our uh, acquiring and the personnel. Um, <laughs> the N, I don't, I, I don't, I, what was the question? What we're going to do how we think and how our meetings are going to go. So it definitely would be time. Yeah, for me, it's it's selection of the right people. Um, putting the right for me, it's I, I coached because, under uh, you know in this business in under Jason business, Garrett with Dallas and Frank Reich with Indianapolis. Honestly, both of them seem like they're morons, and, and I figured they get they can do what I can do it. So that's why. <laughs> Did I mention Nick Saban, <laughs> Gary Pinkle, <laughs> Pinky, and Sabe? So the selection process for me, you know, as we're dealing with you know right now the immediate process of that is selecting coaches again this is we know this we know that any coach has to select coaches that's not the question and us together coming up with the right plan of the people he, there's a lot of arm movement there is a lot of interlocking fingers a lot of stuff going on we're not in a big hurry well, we're in a hurry. We're not in a hurry. We're, in a hurry. we're gonna get our. We're gonna have wait. If it takes till October to get these guys in, we're gonna do it. <laughs> we don't have. I looked at our schedule. We don't have a game until September. We got lots of time. I, I, I was surprised. I said, "Right, wait, we're not playing till September." I asked. Uh, 
I, I, and how do you do that? We're looking into joining, joining the USFL, <laughs> playing some spring games <laughs> to get ourselves ready. And then, and then we'll move. I don't know if they're going to let us do that or not. I just I thought this was an XFL team. I just This is news to me, guys. It goes back to hits. Coach has to be calm, cool, collected, okay, and focused. That's what you have to be, right? And the next thing is be inspirational. You have to be a little Oh, boy, we got another. Oh, man. This is a self-help book. Yeah. You know what those affirmations we're going to take post-it notes and put them up on our mirror. <laughs> it's going to say things like, seize the day. We're going to seize it. Challenge the mindset. That's another one of my mugs. And that's what you do as a coach. That's what you do as a coach. And at the last part is, when you, when you do this, when you model... Now, here's the sad part. So he's, just, he's running through every coaching cliche in the book. Yeah. He's been talking for, what, like 20 minutes. He has made more sense in these 20 minutes than Matt Nagy did in the last three seasons. With the that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, no offense to this guy, but, I mean, how bad were Dan Quinn and Jim Caldwell? They're like, this is the guy. I don't understand well, anything The Caldwell press conference would have just been him blinking. For an hour. Uh, Patrick yeah. <laughs> Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, we saw you hire an this, I like this question. There hadn't been one of uh, those in yeah. the last regime. Can you tell oh, us? It's the next one. We asked the question about the coach. Office? And w- what is the role of analytics in, oh. in your evaluation of a team? And are you going to hire analytics? An haven't met her yet, but I've heard good things. Or <laughs> add to it in any way? Yeah, the first, the first question you asked with this the assistant that. GM, you know, I thought it was important to bring. I needed a guy who could do all the shit I don't want to do. More experience that's Ian Cunningham. Congratulations, uh, Ian. Ian's background with uh, the the Ravens and then the Eagles. He's seen a lot, you know, under Howie Ro- or Howie Roseman and and Ozzie Newsom. And to add that experience is critical. And then, you know, the big thing is, I've been in a place with turnover, and there's great people in in every building. So I want to take the time to evaluate everyone else and get to know them and see see what we have. In terms of analytics, absolutely. And I've been blown away. There's some great analytic people in here. We've had some. There are? I mean, we've jumped down rabbit holes talking about different things. <laughs> They're in holes. Do. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> They're actually in holes. That's why uh, Matt didn't even know they you were know, there. It's uh-huh. challenging what our eyes see. Well, and I think we haven't seen any evidence that there's analytical the people in the building. Now, we can challenge what we see and then make the proper decision based off of that. I've always used the analogy, you know, I know how to get home, right? But I plug it into ways anyways because it might tell me that there's an accident. That's yeah, not an analogy. Two miles up the road, I can go a different direction. I can still <laughs> and you haven't always used time. it because ways is like ways is kind of new, yeah. I believe in it, and I'm excited to get started with it. It must be Finley's second uh, question, where he basically tries to give Eberflus the answer with the question. Experiences helped you. Yeah, I mentioned this before. I mentioned before, you may not have heard it because I was crying. <laughs> Let me restate it. One of the topics was called breaking authenticity. And it, it really I don't know. Did, have me you read uh, Bill, Bill uh, Polian has a book? I don't know if you've yes. read it. <laughs> <laughs> it very, very George we gave got, it to me here on yeah. page six. We've got copies for everyone here. Uh, you do owe us, though. They're 3840 a piece. Write us a check or Venmo. You can Venmo it to George. Write to George. Ryan, Adam Hogue, NBC Sports Chicago. You kind of explained why you went with Matt in the end. Can you give us a background on why he was on your list initially? That first Zoom call, you mentioned how he was on your list of candidates. Like, what's the background with you guys, or why did you target him? Well, we have Trace Armstrong is both of our agents. Trace told me I should probably hire him because he'd get the commission. The beautiful thing about that (laughs) is 
what you see on tape usually is a reflection of the person behind it. And it was a fast, violent <laughs> effort. Very I wanted him because he's violent. He <laughs> needed a violent head coach. That got my attention. And then just everyone networks and tries to get to know people throughout the league. So I was able just to, to call him and, and meet him, you know, years ago, just to understand what he was all about, what kind of person he was. And from that, you know, there's a little bit of a relationship, but it went even deeper when we got into the interview process. That's not really the answer. Well, didn't really answer that either. Yeah. What point in your career journey did you begin envisioning becoming a general manager? And as an extension of that, going through the, the interview process a year oh, ago, and probably when Lovey cut what me. experience did for you I in the job. crystallizing your vision and, and allowing you to figure out how to communicate it going forward. Yeah. Um, I can't pinpoint like the exact moment, but it was really seeing the progress in the process start to show itself um, from where we started in Kansas City to where we ended up. That gets you excited because you're like, I can take some of these things. It's not cookie cutter. I can't just take that model and bring it here, but I can bring right, it. Right, no, that's what Matt Nagy did. And that got me excited. Right. Oh, that wait, that's right. That didn't work. It worked out. That I can do this. In terms of the interview last year, I would say it just gave me a ton of confidence to be like, I absolutely am ready. You know, because that's the question. Like, I interviewed for a job. They didn't hire me, and I gave me a lot I of confidence. I was able to put my philosophy together <laughs> and give it, and it was well-received. It didn't happen then, but I knew that at some point it would. So just getting through that uh, process last year just helped me gain more confidence to do it this year. So, yeah. Gentlemen, hi. Cheryl raced out WBEZ Radio. <clears throat> Congratulations. Thank you. Ryan, you talked about – Would you give to our pledge day. drive? Yep. This year, you only have five. You've seen this show, plans. All Creatures Great and Small, on Sunday nights on PBS. It's really good. If I can get you a tote bag and the DVDs yeah, for both seasons for just $8 a month. What do you say? Um, but we have to get together and see what that looks like. That comes in different forms and fashions. But, you know, the, at the end of the day, we have what we have, and we're going to do the We're giving away Downton Abbey coffee mugs. Um, those draft picks. And if that means the original draft picks that we have or finding ways to gain more, um, we'll do that. Uh, Joe Lewis, Barber Shea Network. First of all, correct. congratulations to you Thank both. You. It's Thank nice you. to meet you. This question's for you, Matt. You talked about no stupid penalties. Unfortunately, <laughs> the Bears... we got a lot of those. ...the past <laughs> several years have been making costly penalties. Have you met Mario times. Williams yet? How do you break down a foundation? <clears throat> and really, how do you stop that from happening with players who are in the game when you're not in there physically? How are you able to really do that, I'm really asking? Yeah, I think it's through education. You know, we're teachers. You know, coaches are really just teachers. That's all we are. We're just teaching football. Um, so you educate. You educate. <laughs> oh, wow. Home, you educate through having officials out there. You educate. You educate through having officials out there. Uh, what what? The penalty did to us. It screwed us. <laughs> we had a first down. Now it's third and 80. For a winning sense. So I think that's important. That's just the education process. And you, and you always just touch on yeah. it. We'll have a situations tape, you know, where we talk about being smart players, you know, every single week where we go through it with the players, teach them the I mean, rules, you know, what, what's allowed. Teach the players the rules. So we can well, it, we, it, we it, checked. The, nobody's ever done that with the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even, even know they were supposed to have 11 guys. Um, I see that on a lot of punts, I guess. Welcome to Chicago. We're buying um, a NFL Ryan. rule books. Um, I saw on the Bears Twitter after. feed that you uh, showed up for work before sunrise on your first day. So I'm wondering what time was that at when you actually kind of showed up at the building and – Second part of that would be, why is that important oh. to you to make that? Why the fuck did you think you needed to get to work at 6 o'clock yeah. in the morning? Um, I did like this answer. Because it's like, 
Basically, I got a lot of work done early and late in the day because George um, isn't around to annoy me. It's, it's more than first impression. It's a routine. Um, I think if you asked a lot of people about me, I'm curious. and I'm Get up so I don't have to change the kids' diapers. And I go to work. What I do know from those that I've worked for is your time's limited. And if you can capture a couple hours in the morning and a couple hours at night when things are quiet, you can really maximize how much you do. And that's important to me because – you know, in the NFL, things pop up all the time, so you're going to get pulled in different directions. So I just know I can guarantee, for the most part, that those part of the parts of the day, I can get things done. Um, okay. I'm Mark Potash from Chicago Sun Times. My question is for Ryan. Every GM says he wants to build through the draft, yep. but how do you do that? What what is the key to it? In evalu- what is the key to evaluation? Why are some GMs better than others? And what what have you learned? And what do they do in Kansas City that you learned that can make you better than others? Would you and, draft and good end, players? What was your impact? Uh, Not bad. Uh, evaluation <laughs> of That's the difference. Yeah. Go back. So goes back to hits. Through the draft, I think what's key is one knowing what scheme you're running and finding players yeah. that fit. That's first and foremost. I think a lot of players get missed if you bring someone in. If I bring someone in going against what we're running, well, then it's not tied together, and that's hard to fit. Um, the types of players in terms of their background, what they're about, how passionate they are about football is important too. That's the other place where you know misses can happen in terms of do they love football? Because this is hard. This is really hard. Being a player is very hard. And you got to love it to get up in the morning and want to be the best you can be. To get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And then the piece I hit so on So you can go to work before anybody evaluation. else. Yeah. you got to be able to prioritize certain positions because of supply and demand and place them on the board where you can get them. I think well, I did like he, that he said we're going to draft guys that fit our scheme, which seems to be a new concept to the Bears. Didn't seem to do that in the past. Any player. The beautiful thing of the process that I'm coming from, and, and it'll be the I'm just going to fall in love with a player, whether he fits or not, and I'm just going to trade a bunch of draft picks to get him. Exactly. And it's open. And hopefully that guy is going to be under five foot seven inches tall, because I love to load up my team with as as little guys as possible. So that process was. Oh wait, that was the other guy. A lot of people spoke up. There's different factors that went into it, so I'll give credit to the process. So. Okay. Question from Matt, uh, Jason Leisure again. Um, You're conveying in this press conference at least a very calm, business-like demeanor. I'm curious how much of that is indicative of your coaching style and management style. (laughs) Would you like to just start screaming at all of us? Yeah. Actively looking for a head coaching job, or were you waiting back for the right (laughs) opportunity to come to you? Yeah, in terms of my demeanor, that is what it is. Um, You know, I, I do want to, you know, be intense and focus on the job at hand for sure. Um, I am detail-oriented, meaning that I will hold guys to the standard, and I do it the right way because I do it through my heart and making sure I'm trying to find the huh. best way to make them better. Um, well, what's know, the other way people do it? Question, I do believe that, that when, you, when you go through this process, um, you, you are where your feet are. And, and exactly, that, that, feet means exactly are. That, that you do your best job where you are. So if you're the... Defensive huh? coordinator at Missouri, you are doing the very best job you can. Um, if you're if you're the defensive coordinator at Missouri, they're not going to let you call plays at Kansas. I found out the hard way. I tried. They wouldn't let me. One action at a time, one dealing at a time. Have a long view. One foot in front of the other. Have a long view where you want to go. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single H-I-T-S. Let's go through that one more time. 
Sean, Matt Zahn from CBS Chicago. This uh, question is for Matt. You, you mentioned right off the top to, to your players to, to get their track shoes on because you're going to be doing a lot of running. Now, do you, do you ever worry about sort of a message like that kind of wearing thin with players after a while? And do you feel like you have to change this is a brilliant question. Yeah. Ask the guy in his introductory no, press conference. I don't think Do you think the players are sick and tired of you already? <laughs> I know you haven't met any of them, but you think they're already tuning you out because you want them to run. I think based on this press conference, your message is worn thin already, Coach. There's a rumor I just started in my head that you're looking to resign. Is that true? To me, that's never going to Okay, I might say it a different way. You know, I might put it, say uh, track shoes or some other type of shoe, but belly slippers, clogs, flats, Crocs. Get your Crocs. You know, a bedroom slipper. It can it can do the same thing. Okay, it's just different. You know what I mean? It's just different messages, but it's the same message. Guys, got the Vikings this week. You know what I mean? Steel toed boot week. Matt, uh, Patrick Finley from the Sun Times. Here we go. Uh, you're a first-time head coach. Your offensive coordinator is a first-time offensive coordinator. <laughs> That's uh, scary. As you fill out your staff, are you going to put an emphasis on experience? You know, would you like a former head coach here to, to help you along the mm. way? Would you like somebody with 20 years of coordinator experience? Rod I'm throwing out hypotheticals. <laughs> initials are RM. Why would you yeah. literally just ask him? To make ex- the experience level. It's clearly what you wanted him to talk about. I wouldn't have answered it either if he asked me that way. Right. So you're talking about chemistry now. So chemistry is getting people to work together. Okay. We're going to form covalent bonds. Having able to partnership, have a brotherhood with another guy, because the offense. All right. You got your protons. To me. And you got your electrons. And then there's a neutron and there's a nucleus. Now I don't think I have to spell it out to any of you guys, huh? Soulmates, but we're also Do you guys see Breaking Bad? You remember Walter White? All right, now, so you see where I'm going here. No, Coach, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I missed it. This was his uh, unfortunate soulmates and cellmates corollary. That's why I thought, can't wait for the obvious shirt to come out for the Bears' prison rape defense. It's a combination of all those things. And we'll take it one step further. Okay, so you got offense, defense, and kick. Let me take it one step too far. Here we go. I've been on stats where the offense is over here. The defense yeah. is over here, and the special teams is over there. Yeah, that was the 85 Bears. It worked. <laughs> it worked great. So, you, I, Patrick, I don't have to tell you. You can't have the offense over here, the defense over there, and the special teams over there. you got to have the special teams over here, the offense over here, and the defense over here. That's all we got to do. We're literally just going to move the lockers around. <laughs> Sometimes your linebackers need to throw passes. I'm going to start winning. Now, it's funny. Um, one of the one of the things that Mark Trustman did in his second year that famously helped uh, speed up the process of him losing the team was yeah. he completely re reassigned lockers through the whole locker room so that offensive and defensive guys were commingled uh, and the players hated it just right. so much. That's right. what I so thought that, of when he was doing that. You can't have the offense over here and the defense over here and the special teams over here. It would have been great if he said, you know, I learned from a guy named Mark Tressman. He was a great guy. I think we're going to take a lot of what he did. We're looking at him. Bring him in to help us uh, run the offense. And just yeah. team morale. It just, you know. Guys love him. Everybody, the guys gravitate towards a Mark Tressman. It goes back to hits, guys. I just keep saying it. What? From the Athletic, this is for you, Ryan. As you're weighing 
this, your situation, comparing the Bears with other teams, uh, namely the Vikings. I'm curious, how appealing was it to have a young quarterback on his rookie contract? And what do you think you were left with here from the previous regime in terms of building blocks? Corp When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply pieces for your team yeah there's always you know talented players you know in every organization and that's especially true here um i'm excited you know to have justin and to to put him in a position to succeed and, and get players in the building that are going to help amplify his ability yeah i'm like the assholes that are on the roster now that none of them help <laughs> hey man mark Grody again from the score uh the bears have run a, a 3-4 defense for the past several years are you open to keeping that or will you go with sort of what you have you believe done? in a man-to-man -man or zone defense <laughs> <laughs> man-to-man is all we've ever run around here it's all that ever gonna work <laughs> you know that you know matt there's two kinds of dumb <laughs> Coach, don't you think the previous staff tried to do the same thing? That's like, why are you different? Michelle is my question. ESPN. This is a question for Ryan. I had a follow up about about your process, uh, and congratulations to you guys as well. Yeah, thanks. You said you. that the moment that Matt walked into the room, you knew that he was the guy. What did you see in Matt's coaching experience? You know, as an experience as a defensive coordinator. He'd be the best fit for this team with a young quarterback to develop. Good yeah, question. It was his standard. He had a high standard for what he wanted on a team, and he had a plan to raise the bar in terms of what we were going to become. Um, his passion for the game, you know, his discipline, those are some of the key ingredients to get a team off the ground. And Did the other coaches right just, better. like, have a we don't give a <laughs> shit at? You know, <laughs> it's his passion uh, that really stood out. The other guys, really nah, well. whatever. That was important in a, in a plan that wasn't just short-term, but there was long-term uh, thought into it as well. Oh, good. Short-term. David Hoggin from the score. So when you talk about inspiring and challenging and encouraging players. Oh, it's David Hogg. Does that still work with professional athletes? Aren't they mostly interested in how you can improve them rather than inspire them at this stage of their careers? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I believe that's part of it. You know, if you're going to improve them, you have to inspire them to change because everything comes from the heart. You know, when you think about how we do things. Blood, all the blood comes from the heart. Yeah, from the heart. If you're, if you're not pumping blood through your body. You're not going to be able to tackle anybody. <laughs> I mean, come on, Dave. Let's think. Your, your heart's divided into compartments. Listen better. We always have those hopes, right? You know, so That's that age, hopes and heart. How do you do that? Well, first of all, look at the mistakes people make. Well, they understand, you know, what they want to do. Lose weight, read, recollect. here we go. But they don't understand how. How do you do it, right? So you have to study. You have to learn. You got to make sure you do that, right? The next thing is that people with hopes and habits... The next mistake they make is they get going and it's and habits. Hard. They don't see results. Nuns use habits. He would love the Bill Belichick New Year's resolution. The last thing is He'd you ace it. have a healthy identity of yourself because that's the most important thing. And that comes from the inside. 
Your healthy identity of yourself creates what? Wise decisions. Here it comes. Wise decisions creates healthy habits. So there you go back and forth and it goes around <laughs> and around. So He's just running in circles. You got your, your hopes. <laughs> get your hopes. Now, once you get your habits established, it turns to victories, and that's what it does. So what? To me, it's it's you're dealing with a person. Okay. Hopes. A person okay. the oh, that's the H. Habits. habits to habits. That's the other H. To victories. That's a V. Where's the V? Marcus again, Pro Football Weekly, and Sean Media. <laughs> this is really for both of you. Um, oh, really for both of you. You both had multiple interviews, and. I'm wondering how much time or did you have time to spend studying the roster, the talent already here, and how much of no. an impact did they have? No, we didn't want to. I don't even know who's on the team. <laughs> do they have a team? Any interview, do you take the time to know, you know, what, what kind of question is that? <laughs> so that was, you know, a big factor in terms I played, of uh, – I played a couple of games of Madden to figure out who's on the roster. Yeah, I realized right. I was playing <laughs> Madden 2012. When you look at it, you know, what's the potential? I know the potential is uh, – taboo word in football but um you know what's what's the dynamic of the team the what you know, starting with the, the dynamic george you know george um, yeah it all starts with george oh no got it with that. <laughs> and then certainly you look at i mean you got a dynamic leader like george mccaskey he's nothing he can't <laughs> it's, do it's... Dion miller again from abc7 here in chicago matt my question for you is obviously you've gotten buy-in from defensive players how do you get buy-in from an entire team and in knowing how to establish the right culture. Yeah, I, I just uh, show them the why. Oh, no. Oh, no. So all you do is you, <laughs> you show them why it is. And how does what I'm asking and what we're going to ask. Coach Matt Nagy Flues. just introduced himself. To the standards. Why? What does it oh. equal? Winning. It equals winning. So the, the elite teams in the league do this, and this is why they win. You know, coupled with obviously the because he should have said because I understand that the level. the idiot you had before <laughs> was always looking <laughs> for the whys. could never find it. I know what they are. I already got. Them. I already got the whys. I found the whys. That's that's the W and hit. They were in the rabbit holes with the analysts. <laughs> whys. That means way, ways. We talked about ways. Ways. Whys. See how it's all coming. It's full circle. You see, you got to go short term and long term. Ah. Exhausting. So, I think that was proof that the Bears PR staff didn't do any prep with these guys. Yeah, a few things yeah. you need to uh, try to try not to say the word collaboration. Yeah, which they uh, did later. Don't go looking for the whys. Just yeah. don't. Just ever. don't do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, there it is. So there's another. Uh, there's another half hour. Of this <laughs> I don't think we're going to get to. So uh, it, they finished up, and then George came. Oh the, oh, the last question they got asked, I think it was the last one, was simple question, just a little housekeeping. How long are your contracts? Yeah. Right. And Matt answered, which I thought was – I would have left that for the GM. Mm-hmm. And basically said, uh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and it's very clear the reason why I'm going to tell them was they were told they're not supposed to tell people. You could tell it was a hundred percent. It was hundred percent. So the look on their face was, and this is a very realistic, very reasonable question. They tell me I can't answer it. Yeah. So then they asked George and he's like, well, it's up to them. If they want to tell you, they can tell you. I just don't yeah. think we should tell you. Yeah. Like, we're Thanks respect, a lot. Asshole. We're going to, we're going to respect their decision. Will you shut up? Every, <sighs> it's just, again, yeah, it goes back to like, what is anything really changing? Or is this the same crap? And then it was, that, so like the highlight of the entire press conferences were at the very end they brought justin fields out that was great he was awesome and he gets asked a question about what you know 
how are you going to be able to work with a defensive head coach? He basically like, well, I'm looking forward to it. He said, because, you know, I'm looking at defenses every day, and I've got a head coach who can explain to me, this is why this guy is here, this is what they're looking for on this, this is what they're going to do here. Yeah, great answer. I'll know how they're going to try to attack us, and that'll help me. Um, and then he got asked about um, if he had met the great Luke Getze yet. And he said, I haven't met him, but we're going to talk. He said, this was very telling. He goes, I'm looking forward to working with an offensive coordinator who that's all he has to worry about. <laughs> he doesn't have other duties. He's just going to be worried on our offense and us getting better. Right. And not having to try to run the whole team. Leave it to the 22-year-old rookie quarterback yeah. to give the two answers that if either of the guys at the podium all day had answered, then people would have been like, oh, it actually seems like they have a plan. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that should have been one of Matt Eberflus's answers about your defensive coach. How are you supposed to coach the offense? Well, right. all I do is study offenses all day, every day. Yeah. I've been doing it for 30 years. That's all I do. I look at how are you trying to attack us? What do you want to do? And I know what I know where defenses are vulnerable, and I'm going to talk to the offensive coaches and be like, if, we're, if they're running this defense, if I was running it, we'd be screwed if he did this or this or this. Yeah, and I'm a good enough educator, teacher that I can explain to, to the to the quarterback what's happening here, what to look for, and that's how we're going to get better on offense. <laughs> Instead, we get okay. Well, the H get is... the H, <laughs> and then uh, you take a lift over to O'Hare. You see what I mean? <laughs> and then we're going to come back for a circle because we've got habits. You got habits. You got halves. You got habits. You got you got you got to lose weight, right? Got to lose twenty pounds. It's, what? <laughs> Get the habits that becomes uh, hope, and that becomes a victory, hope. right? Is that the order? No, that's not it. Oh, we're uh, screwed. Habits plus hope equals Guys, victory. we got till the second week of September to figure this out. <laughs> we better get on this. Hmm. Well, I don't know. <laughs> there they are, um, the new brain trust of your Chicago Bears. I will say uh, that... Um, <clears throat> Of all of the press conferences these guys ever do, this is the least important one. Yeah, I agree. They sure. don't have – you're at a weird disadvantage. You don't really have anything to talk about. Yeah. They they haven't worked out a single player yet. Right. They don't really know what they have. They think they know what they have. They don't really know what they have. They don't have their entire coaching staff in. So they can't yep. sit in great detail and tell you, all right, this is, this is basically how we're going to try to attack teams. They don't – they can't do that. All they were supposed to do in this press conference was – like not throw up on themselves. <laughs> right. And they managed to accomplish that. So they did it. Congratulations. You did it. You survived the first press conference. <laughs> right. Right. It's also, it's the press conference with the lowest bar for them. Like it's yeah. the easiest it's ever going to get. A absolutely. Because nobody, happy, I guarantee but... if we went back and watched the introductory Matt Nagy press conference, it'd be the same thing. He's just spouting a bunch of gibberish. Yeah. We were eating it up because we thought we were getting the chief's offense. We were all excited about it. Like, oh, my right. God, finally, they're going to run a real offense. Woo, it's going to be great. Yeah. And it turned out to be bullshit. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they, they seem like good guys, smart guys, character guys. I mean, that's I guess that's what you got to kind of get out of it. But, yeah, it just it goes back to, like, it would be nice if there was, as someone pointed out, you got a first, first time GM, first time head coach, first time offensive coordinator. There's no one as in the, and this is a, criticism not of them but of the bear structure there is no one there to mentor yeah these guys i mean it, it, there's there's no one you know that they can rely on 
And that's what Ryan Pace was faced with. Yep. And that didn't work so well. Yeah, I mean, if if I were, I guess if I were Ryan Poles, I would be pushing to hire somebody, even if it's a consultant role, for the front office, somebody who's been a GM before. Somebody who yeah. I can, even if I'm not asking them to help me make a decision, I'm just going to run process shit by them. Right. And be like, all right, here's what we're faced with. What do I need to worry about? What, do, what should I be thinking about with this? Yeah. I wrote a whole thing last week about um, what was Ryan Pace's single biggest failure was that because the, the Bears front office structure put him at the top of the pyramid, he didn't have anybody to tell him when he was full of shit. Yep. And his biggest failing was he didn't seek it out. He was comfortable thinking that he his answer was right, and now nobody can challenge me on it. And so yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna draft the worst of the three first round quarterbacks. I'm gonna dra- I'm gonna trade up to do it. I'm not gonna tell my head coach about it because I think he's gonna have pushback, and I don't want to have to defend this pick. I'm just gonna make it because I'm so smart. Right. The way the Bears set it up, you have to be disciplined enough to create that for yourself, which is stupid. But yeah, good, smart guys will do it, and they'll right. put people on that staff and basically tell them, "All right, here's what I want to do. Tell me why it's wrong." Yeah. And we're gonna argue it out. And if you can't tell me why it's wrong, we're probably gonna think it's right. And if you can tell me why it's wrong, we got to figure out, okay, if we don't do this, what are we going to do? Um, in a normal organization, there would literally be a person whose job it was to do that, who you didn't, who didn't report to, who was, whose livelihood wasn't dependent on, on keeping you happy. Exactly. That's right. the, that's the problem. Right. And then if you're Eberflus, I mean, most guys he's talked to, it, it looks like they're probably going to bring like Bill Callahan in to be the offensive line coach. Uh, Bill can tell you how to get fired as a head coach in the NFL <laughs> yeah, and at Nebraska. He's got experience doing that. Yeah, he, he coached with Rod Marinelli in Dallas, and it sounds like he'll bring Rod in, if not to be the defensive coordinator, at least to be like the defensive line coach. Because honestly, I don't I don't know. I'd be seeking a lot of head coaching advice from the first guy ever to go 0 16 in the NFL. Uh, but people did seem to like uh, Rod. Uh, one of the things I liked about this, and I, I know it seems very meatballish. But it's stupid that they don't do it. It it felt like both guys, both the new guys, were looking for ways to at least send a signal to former Bears that we will be will we would like to talk to you. Did you think that they sent that signal? Because I would I agree with you. I would love for them to do that. I felt that that Eberflus was doing it by literally. Could, Constantly naming Urlacher, Briggs, Peppers, and Tillman, and how the yeah. defense he runs basically started with Lovey. Yeah. Um, because Pose did it too, I guess, when he mentioned that story about the yeah. tornado and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, and you don't have, they're not asking for much. No. Basically, what they want is for somebody to, you know, it seems really stupid to me that they don't have like some kind of, even if it's, it's mostly for show. Right. But like an alumni advisory board. Yeah, you put some guys on it. You meet twice a year. You basically, basically, what it is is a chance for them to sit in a room and throw a bunch of questions at you, like, "Why are you fucking this up? How come you aren't doing this?" But they leave feeling like they're empowered, and they're your ambassadors. They're the yeah. people that go out. I mean, like, for all of their faults, that's one thing the Cubs are really good at. Absolutely, is yeah. making Ryan Sandberg feel like he's valued. And they right. they brought Andre Dawson back when he got fired by the Marlins, and they keep Dempster around for some unknown reason. Um, but they do it with other yeah. guys and it just, yep. it's just smart. Your fans love those guys. You keep them yep. happy. They show up at games and fans go and get their pictures taken with them and talk about them. And, and they're less likely to tell everybody you're full of shit. 
Right. Because they feel like, well, at least this guy listens to me. He might not, the things he does, might, I might not agree with all the time, but they give me a chance for some input. And the Bears, because George, I think, it, it felt to me like George is, is worried about getting yelled at by mm-hmm. former players. So he doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk to him. Now, you're never right. going to get yelled at by a guy you won't talk to. Because he's so insecure about about his job and that he doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't want any feedback, which yeah. is probably why him and Ryan Pace got along so well. So I don't think Ryan wanted any feedback either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long that'll last. It's hard to do that if the, if the head cheese <laughs> doesn't want you to do it. You're going to be very yeah. limited in what you can do. But it seems like they ought to be able to at least... Talk to some former players. Find two or three guys that you feel like this guy actually has some valuable input. And there are guys, especially if they're going to run the defense they're going to run. I mean, why wouldn't you bring Peanut in to hang out for a couple of days with the defensive backs and have right. and have Lance Briggs come and he can explain how, you know, the last preseason game, you can skip that and go open a restaurant in California. Nobody's going to complain. It's going to work out great. That'll be fine. Yeah. And if you get drunk and you wreck your car on the Edens, just run. Just, <laughs> just run. Just go. You'll, the worst you'll get is leaving the scene of an, of an accident. You know, important life lessons <laughs> that guys like him can impart. <sighs> but there they are. Now we don't have to worry about the Bears again until the draft. I think it was it on that. I think it was on that AM one thousand interview where. They asked polls flat out, basically question you guys, how are you supposed to build in the in the draft if you don't have any draft picks? Mm-hmm. And he basically said, well, there's ways to get more. And we're going to have to do some of them. We're going to have to trade down and just accumulate picks. We need more bites of the apple. And the other thing he left unsaid was, there might be, there, it's hard to trade NFL players. It just is. But right. you might have a right. player or two who can get you a second or third round pick or a fourth round pick, whatever. Right. Um, all right. So now the with the, you know the inaugural press conference is over, and now these guys actually get to work, and uh, and that'll be they'll actually do the important stuff now. Well, I hope that one thing that comes out of this is that they hire more than one assistant GM. That they really build out this front office. You know, they, they need it. They need, they need it. They need an assistant GM for analytics. They need one for sports performance, nutrition, training, all these sorts of things they really need. And I, I wonder was like, you know, okay, we'll give you one assistant GM, yeah. well, you know, but that's it. Cause you know, that's all George is willing to do. Um, Cause that was my suggestion was that if I were Ryan Poles today, I would have laid out what my staff, what I want my staff to look like even if George yeah. hadn't signed off on it yet and basically put him, put the screws to him and be like, okay, now we got to hire all these people. Cause I promised yeah. we were going to, and we're going to look stupid. If we don't, you don't want to look stupid. Do you George? Huh? That would have huh? been great. Huh? That would have been great. Yeah. Um, and maybe he doesn't need to, maybe he actually got assurances. Um, maybe it really feels like George just wants to be left alone. Like, <laughs> and so I think he probably is open. It's weird though. There, uh, I, I think the pushback must come from Ted about the other presidency. He wants to be the only president. Got to, got um, to, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. It's you know the the Cubs went through. We keep going back to the Cubs, but the Cubs went through the same thing, and so did the Bulls. They wore their small front offices like a badge of honor. Look what we look what we accomplished with small front offices, and then you realize you're not accomplishing anything. You accomplished nothing. 
And then both of them finally started spending, and all of a sudden they got good again because they had, they were actually staffed. Yeah. They could do things the way all the teams they were competing against were doing them because they had the people. And one of the things I don't think people understand, people are like, well, it's not that important that they have a president. It's, it is. <laughs> the, the thing that, the reason it's important is under the Bears structure, the, in most teams, the GM's sole responsibility is the roster. Right. That's all they worry about, 24 hours a day. Right. They worry about the current roster. They worry about who's going to be a free agent on their team. They're looking at who's going to be free agents on other teams. They're looking at the draft. They're right. looking at all that stuff. They're looking at the freaking taxi squad, and that's all they're doing. Yeah. And they do it obsessively. Because of the way the bear structure is, there's nobody above the GM. The Bears GM also has to worry about stupid shit. Like, yeah. they're supervising the equipment manager and his teams and the freaking groundskeepers. Yeah. And the barber, they added that barber and he reports to the general manager and it's like, okay, they probably, it probably doesn't suck up a huge amount of your time, but the fact that it occupies any of it puts you at a disadvantage well, and you just I mean, need another person who, the, the, who can be in between there so that when the stuff gets to you, it's really important. Exactly. I mean, we heard one of the reasons McCaskey felt so loyal to Pace is because he was the driving force behind the new Hallis Hall. Yeah. Well, he shouldn't be. And, no. and literally, as he, he's picking barbershops. Yep. You don't want him doing right. that. The GM's role in that should be to sit down with whoever's in charge of the project and go, these are the things we need. Yeah, we need this weight room this yeah. size. We need these fields. We need this, that. Boom. And then Get you, it done. you come to me every couple of weeks with a status report. Yeah. And I got this roster to worry about. But you know, instead, Pace was picking out fucking paint colors and going Absolutely. over what what the seats in the auditorium look like and all that stuff. And he probably was getting a kick out of it. That's not what his fucking job is. Exactly. Well, and you're and, and we talk about a, a lot of big things, big reasons to have it. But there's also something like let's go back to the the the, the Thanksgiving, the infamous Thanksgiving yeah. when Nagy was fired and the Bears decided they're just going to ignore it, and which was the dumbest thing in the world to do. And that whole story festered out of control. So what if something like that happens again? A president of football operations, clearly it, it's going to be his call. Okay. And hopefully he'll make the right call. We're going to get, we're going to just put out a press release, deny this rumor, and that's it. Yeah. But who makes that call now? Because now, well, you're, we've got a GM, but we've got a president over here too. So whose call is something like that? You Remember know? we found out that when that happened, they were having a board meeting. Yeah, right. It was like actually the most perfect timing for that to happen because every, it, the the hardest thing is to get everybody together. Mm-hmm. They were literally all in the same room. Right. They could have talked about it for two minutes. Yeah. And said we need to we need to send out a two line press release that says we've made no decision about Matt Nagy's um, job status. Yeah, sure. That's it. Right. And Greenberg pointed out that if that had been if this if they were the Theo Cubs. Theo wouldn't even bother with that. Theo would have picked up the phone. He would have called yes. the reporter, and he would have said, "It's You're not true." Shit. I'm sure yeah. you. I'm sure you have a source who insists it's true. It's not. And right. then he would have called two other reporters so that the story would get out that it's not yep. true, and it would have been squished by. It. I think I heard it at like nine thirty in the morning. By ten o'clock, it yeah. would have been over. But the Bears. It was three days later before the Bears right. finally addressed it. So who? How, so what? How's uh, the same thing is going to happen this time around? You know, we can't even get like, you know, again, we're sitting here like they can't they won't tell us the length of the contracts. Yeah. You know, because as you pointed out, Ted clearly said, don't tell them. Yeah. Because you could see Ryan. 
the questions asked Ryan and Pat look at each Ryan and Matt look at each other like uh we're not supposed to answer this. Yep. Yeah, you it wasn't a that answer was not I'm not going to tell you. That You're answer right. was oh shit, we're not supposed to say. Yeah. You could see it in their faces. Yes. They like like this is the question. They told like, us oh, crap. Question, this is what we're not supposed do. to Right. Yeah. Now, and then somebody asked George later they're like Look, we knew we knew what Nagy and Paces were until you know, until a certain point. You know, they had both yeah. gotten contracts through twenty twenty one and then all of a sudden there was the rumor of they'd gotten extensions and that's when they wouldn't that's when they stopped. They didn't want people to they don't want I think they don't want it because they don't want people to be able to speculate about the job security of different people. But you know what? They're gonna speculate about it anyway. You might as well have the fucking information out there. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, they they're so busy fighting these these meaningless little battles, battles right. that and they can't focus them. on the most important stuff, which is winning football games. Well, I think it was Olin. I think Olin Cruz made the comment, like you know, it, every day is a soap opera in Hell's yeah. Hall. That's the culture there. And so, how do you change that? How does a guy who's not a president change that when there is a president, <laughs> you know, down the hall? Who's who's the, and, and the guy kind of responsible for all the soap opera ish stuff that has happened over the years? Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, and so then, you know, Ted is. There will be all of the. I mean, we're all, people are looking forward to them building the stadium in Arlington Heights, but I'm sure yeah. they'll make a mess out of that too. That'll they'll be tripping over their dicks a daily basis on that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I you know I feel like I th- I think these you know we should feel good enough. I think that we'll re- the Bears will will return to competence as an organization. I, I don't know that we're going to return to greatness. Yeah. And and I and I haven't heard any I haven't heard anything that gives me any kind of assurance that that um, Eberflus is the guy to develop Justin Fields. I just don't I don't have it. I don't think they gave it to anybody. I don't think anybody has an assurance. And as we said, as I said, that to me is the, is the most important question. That is the hardest thing to do in the NFL is to develop an elite, you know, a Hall of Fame level quarterback. The Bears haven't done it in 158 right. years or whatever. I mean, the way, to, they the, do. the way to do it is to look at the teams that have non-offensive minded coaches with who develop quarterbacks. And basically they all did it the same way. John Harbaugh was not intimately involved in the development of Lamar Jackson. He let Greg Roman do it because that was Greg's job. Um, Belichick is always, you can't ever use him as an example because that guy could coach every position on the team if he had to. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, But you look at a guy like um, Sean McDermott in Buffalo and they hired Brian Dable to go. They literally, when they drafted Josh Allen, they fired their offensive coordinator. Right after the draft. So, sorry, you're not the guy to do this. Right. We've got a hotshot young quarterback that went on and got Brian Dable. Which, um, yeah. See, and, and and if this were Brian Dable as the head coach, I'd feel a lot better about the ability to develop Justin Fields, as I think you would too. Yeah. So, what I'm saying, yeah, I would feel better about it. It's certainly not impossible. No. You know, you just, you ho- hopefully uh, Luke Getze is the guy to develop Justin Fields. And honestly, okay. I I think the reason I'm not as concerned about it is 
I honestly don't think there's a lot of development to do with Justin Fields. What they need to do is put an actual coherent offense in and let him run it. One that's actually geared to the things he can do and let him run the fucking offense because they didn't do that last year. They built an offense. Well, they didn't really build an offense for anybody, but it was far more geared to Andy Dalton than it was Justin Fields. And they wasted the entire preseason by Andy Dalton's QB1. And then by week three, he wasn't anymore. And Mm. Fields is trying to run this unwieldy offense that wasn't built for him, and he's trying to make it work. And then they're trying to rebuild it on the fly, and nobody in there had any brains. They couldn't do it. That if you at least go into this season with the plan that Justin Fields is the quarterback and this is the way we want to attack teams with him, I don't think there's this huge, like, I don't think, they don't have to turn Justin Fields into a great quarterback. They have to let him become a great quarterback. There's a big difference. Basically just, what are the things you do best? Let's do that. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, there's a huge difference, I think, between, because there was a big discussion this morning about, um, is Jimmy Garoppolo done in San Francisco? And I think the reason he might not be is simply that while Trey Lance is probably every bit as talented as Justin Fields, he's not nearly as developed as Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And can the 49ers, who have everything else on that team to win a Super Bowl except for the quarterback, can they just hand the team over to him next year? Now, they know the answer to that. We don't. If they had Justin Fields instead, I guarantee you they'd feel a whole lot more comfortable just handing mm-hmm. him the ball. Right. Which is ironic considering they could have drafted Justin Fields and they didn't. They chose Trey Lance instead. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the I feel like Justin is so good that it makes this it makes this a lesser chore for them to accomplish. But they still have to do it. They still have to be committed to do it the right way and not come in with, you know, the worst thing would be, and I don't think he's going to do this, would be, I guess he's like, all right, this is the stuff Aaron Rodgers ran. Well, because Justin Fields isn't Aaron Rodgers, and you know what? Nobody is. Right. right. But he also didn't only coach Aaron Rodgers in his career. He's had yeah. other normal, more mortal quarterbacks. I, you know, it would be it would be more, it would be, give me some reassurance, though, if, if the head coach, you know, it's when asked about Justin Fields, it would have been like, you're not given what we're going to look at all the, we're looking at all the quarterbacks. No. Yeah. Yeah. He that gave the very, like, he gave, he gave the football coach answer. Yeah. Which is everybody competes for their spots. Cause the one thing, Justin and we Fields, all know that's not true, but every football coach wants to say right. that. Cause the one thing we do know Justin Fields does need is he needs who, someone to believe in him and someone to support him and have his back. Well, and one of the things they're really going to need to address is, if you're going to build your offense around Justin Fields, and you sh- obviously you are, because um, shouldn't your backup quarterback have similar, similar traits yeah. to him? You should. Yes, he should. Well, hopefully Ryan Poles will will help with this. Having you know, I mean, I know build an offense around uh, Mahomes. I mean, I know Nick Foles has it yet another. They redid his contract when they traded for him. He's got another year, and he's fine as a backup quarterback. But if Say Justin Fields gets hurt in week 12. Yeah. Are you really going to put Nick Foles in and then have to redo the entire offense? Right. Say, oh, we can't run. Here's all the shit we can't run now because we have him. Yeah. Um, That's what they did last year, right? They built an offense around Andy Belton and and Nick Foles, not Justin Fields, and then asked him to run that offense. And then they played Justin Fields in basically every game after that. Yeah. Except when they got him killed and he had to miss some games. Mm -hmm. Um. Like, you saw that it took Baltimore 
like three years before they found Tyler Hunley, who is not Lamar, but he's at least similar enough that they basically run the same plays. In fact, to the point where he's a better passer, there are people who are like, well, he's he gets paid nothing. Right. He's like 80% as good as Lamar. Are we better off paying 80% of Lamar nothing and be able to build the rest of the team up or than 100% of Lamar at $30 million a year? They're actually having those discussions. Man. I don't think the Bears have to worry about that with Nick Foles. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, we'll see what they do. Can't wait for draft night when there's... Oh, that's right. They don't have a first-round draft pick. <laughs> Although I don't... This is the one time I'm not upset about it. Because that was the price to, to get their quarterback that they yeah. haven't had forever. Right. So that's fine. Um, you know, uh, not having a number one pick, most GMs would have made a big effort to try to find extra third and fourth rounders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no. In fact, the Bears were, he was busy trading a six-rounder for Jakeem Grant. <laughs> yeah, right. Pro bowler, Jakeem Grant, which did a, obviously a whole hell of a lot of good to have a Pro Bowl kick returner on a six-win football team. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Enjoy your time somewhere else, wherever the hell it is. Yeah, right. All right, well, if you need your football fix, it was a great movie on Netflix. Uh, it's called The Home Team. With uh, Kevin James as Sean Payton. <laughs> and I did watch it. Yeah. And, and it's a movie. It's a movie. Okay. It's a movie. All right. It's actually not terrible. It's also not good. But it's it's a movie. There you go. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, Andy. There's learning lessons through all of it. Many of us have herpes. 